Did you know there was a free five-part podcast series all about classroom management? In this series, learn how I went from using traditional classroom management strategies without a lot of success to becoming a behavior detective. Discover how I help children with root cause of their behavior issues instead of just addressing the behavior itself. If you want to take a listen to this new series, just check the show notes. You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You're listening to episode 39, my top tips for preschool small group. This is the last episode in a five-part series that focused on preschool small groups. So if you missed any of the other episodes in the series, I encourage you to head on back. Episode 35, we talked about the why of small group. Episode 36, we learned about effective grouping strategies for small group. Episode 37 was all about activity ideas for your small group. And episode 38, my personal favorite, was about organizing your preschool small group. To round out the series, I wanted to give you my top tips for small group, and they're organized into three main points. But before we dive into those top tips, I wanted to remind you about a conference that's coming up next week, June 27th and 28th, called the Educate and Rejuvenate Conference. I will be there and I will be hosting a session on preschool literacy, and there are going to be so many other great speakers there as well. So if you would like to sign up, I will drop a link at the show notes. All right, let's get into it. Here are the three things that have helped me have successful small group time again and again. And while these top tips may seem small, they are pretty mighty. So first, have a plan. Plan for what you can control. It may feel like you can't do much in the way of small group until your students are in your class and the assessments and observations had to be made, but that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of things that we can do beforehand to have a plan for when our students are going to be there. So start by planning what skills you might want to be practicing during small group. Use your prior experience here. What skills in the past have you noticed that children are struggling with? Now, this obviously isn't, you know, perfect because every group of students is different. But even talking to fellow teachers, like what do you find that your four-year-olds coming into your classroom are struggling with the most? This kind of gives you an idea of skills that you might want to be focused on. And then also start thinking about how you want to monitor student progress What does your data collection look like? How are you going to move students in and out of groups? Which missing skills will receive the highest priority when grouping students? How are you going to handle students that don't want to come to small group? How are you going to handle students who aren't in the small group but want to play too? Asking yourself these questions ahead of time allows you to kind of lay this base for what you want in your classroom. What do you want small group to look like? So really thinking through these before you start planning, before those students are in your classroom, really can help you when you go to implement because you've already decided these are some of the skills that I'm going to focus on. These are This is how I'm going to collect data 
This is what it's going to look like. This is what I'm going to, you know, do for students who maybe don't want to come. This is how I'm going to handle, you know, students who want to play too. I have all of these ideas. So no surprises are around the corner. So kind of having that mapped out for you is very helpful because you're not feeling like, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into? I didn't know all these issues would come up or I don't know how I want to handle this. Really give yourself that time to make those decisions that are best for you in your classroom. Tip number two is to be flexible. While having a plan is important, so is flexibility because we work with some irrational little humans. So knowing that interruptions are coming and being okay with it, because we understand the development of children. Preschoolers are little egocentric beings. So the chances are they don't care that they're interrupting you because what comes to their mind is most important right then. So teach them, but also have a plan for those interruptions. Know that they're coming. Have that flexibility of not getting frustrated. You already know they're going to interrupt you. So how are you going to handle that? Go ahead and have that expectation set up in your head so that when it does happen, it doesn't derail you. It doesn't make you feel like, oh, this is so frustrating. I can't even get done what I need done. Have plans on what you'll do each small group time and with who, but give yourself grace. Sometimes children throw us curveballs. Things in the early childhood world don't always go as planned. Let that be okay. It doesn't say anything about you as a teacher. It is just the beauty of working with littles. It's never mundane and boring. Think of your small group plans and all your other plans for that matter as a living document. It is always changing based on the needs of your students. It's not set in stone and it's okay to change your plans. The biggest gift that you can give your students is the flexibility to change when they need it. Because when we stop what we're doing and meet the needs of our children, they are really the real winners. The last tip I have for you is to get organized. Get yourself started out on the right foot. Having your materials, your plans, your data collectors ready before you even start small group will help ease your stress of trying to get it all done and find out that you're missing like the essential materials that you need. Also, if you can, having it done before a new group of students comes to you makes it even easier because you have this, you know, prepped. You don't have a lot to do outside of making sure that you're assessing and you're actually having small groups around needs that children actually have. You already have this small little details in place. So like we talked about in episode 38, having that organization, having a spot, maybe it's a rolly cart or a tub or a shelf that's near you during small group that has all the things on it that you may need. Making sure that your lesson plans and your activities are together. You already maybe have an idea of what you will do because then you are not on this hamster wheel of creating small group activities along with your other lesson planning of whole group and, you know, small group and any other times that you have to plan during the day, you're, you're lessening how much you have to do with small group. For me, when you couple the having a plan and being organized 
with the understanding of having the flexibility, that's where the real magic is. That's where you can feel confident, ready, prepared to carry out small group, and you already have all of these details in place and your mindset in the right place. So I feel like these three tips are huge. While they might feel small, they're huge to me because they help you if you use them together, create this atmosphere for small group that is not as stressful as it might have been. It might even be enjoyable. And you already have things in place so that um, that need, that desire to do all the things all at once lessons. And it can be something that you really get to watch your students thrive and grow and is, you know, a beautiful time in your day. I also have one more little bonus tip for you, and that is to make sure before you start small group that you have taught your students all your procedures and expectations. So I do not jump into small group right off the bat. I feel like that is another piece that we need to understand is that our children have to understand our classroom. They have to know our expectations. They have to learn all those things and start creating those relationships before we expect this to work. We spend a good three to four weeks on procedures and expectations. Now, caveat there, we are only there two days a week. So obviously that will move faster if you are, you know, a five day a week program. But making sure that you're building in time to teach children all the things about being a preschooler in the classroom before you do small group, because it's going to be super frustrating and it's not going to work in the way that you want it to if you skip that step. Not to mention that that step of teaching expectations and rules and procedures is just great practice for the whole rest of the year. It sets you up for so much success. But I also wanted to mention it here because I don't want you to go jumping into small group as soon as you can. Really make sure you have those things nailed down first. I have a blog post and I will link it in the show notes. And it's about, is it time to start small group? So that might be helpful to you as well. All right, let's review. First, have a plan. Have these things mapped out in your head so that you have the answers to any issues that may be coming up when you actually start to implement small group. Number two, be flexible. You are working with preschoolers. We know that our days don't always go as planned. So give yourself grace and get that mindset in place that yes, students are going to interrupt small group. Yes, some things aren't going to go as planned. Yes, sometimes we're going to have to skip it altogether because of, you know, something else that's going on. So just giving yourself that grace and having that flexibility for your students. And number three, getting organized having those pieces of your materials and your lessons and how you're going to collect data together is really going to lessen that stress when it comes to implementing small groups. And then bonus tip, don't forget to really lay that foundation of procedures and rules and expectations before you even jump into small group. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this small group series. I hope you found it super helpful. If you want to cut the planning stage right out of the equation, I have to let you know that I do have a done for you option for small group activities. 
I love literally just keeping my notebook of lessons and pulling a notebook that I need based on skill and choosing a lesson. And since I already have all those materials created for my own class, I want to share them with you. So if you would like to see a done for you option, go ahead and head to the show notes. That link will be there for you. Also, we'll have the link to the blog post about when to start small group and also about the Educate and Rejuvenate conference. So head on over to the show notes at www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode 39. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Lovely.